Welcome to Running is Bullshit, I'm Amy. And I'm Stuart, and you're listening to the podcast that loves to hate running. Episode 110, weird. And this time we're talking bad knees, bad teeth, bad eyes, bad ideas, and bad people. Bad, bad people. Mm. Amy, you know what's bullshit this week? What? I've just moved house, that's not bullshit, that's been lovely. But I've moved to the top of a hill, and now I'm going to spend the next few years complaining that I live at the top of a hill... And that I now have to run and walk up that hill all the fucking time. Yep. I, I know your pain. I think I said a podcast or so ago when I did Couch to 5K, I was living back in my sort of hometown, my, my village that I grew up in, and our house was halfway up a massive fuck off hill. So there'd always be an element of uphill no matter what I was doing. Yeah, like even a walk to the shops now is a serious fucking chore. Because um, I'm the kind of person that Strava's everything. Like walk into the shops, walk in the dog, I will put on Strava, but I hide it because I'm a good person. Uh, in the last five days, I've walked as much elevation as I did in the previous five weeks. Oh my god. And that like hasn't included any like going for big walks. That's just the normal walks that I have to do now. To walk to the shops to buy some milk is a serious effort. So I'm either going to get amazing at hills or I'm just going to give up on running and moving and just stay in my house forever. Yeah. Yeah, or just be permanently fatigued. So there'll be no tapering, no rest before oh, yeah, a race. Of You'll be permanently fatigued and injured. <laughs> yeah, that that's the other kind of option with most running, isn't it? You think, Oh, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get good at running, I'm gonna start running and feel better about myself and you start running and you just knack it all the fucking time. Yeah. Always tired, always hungry. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, new runners out there. Yeah. <laughs> that's something for you guys to all look forward to. <laughs> So a catch up from last episode, Simon Lewis at Run Simon Run has been in touch and said, at Trionium, Trionium, at Trionium, Trionium, I probably say it right the first time, at Trionium, I can't fucking say it now. So Simon Lewis at Run Simon Run has been in touch to say at Trionium races. No, it's Trionium. Trionium, what is, what is that? <laughs> it's just a word. <laughs> Simon Lewis at Run Simon Run has been touched to say at Trinomium races such as Lee Hill. Is it Hill... Trinomium again? <laughs> what is it? Trionium. Trionium. <sighs> Trionium. No, anyway. Simon Lewis has been in touch at Si. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> So Simon Lewis has been in touch at Run Simon Run, and he says at Trionium races such as Leaf Hill. I'm not doing this again. Such as Leaf Hill Half, Knacker Cracker, and Midsummer Monroe. You sing "God Save the King." That doesn't surprise me, given the name of those races. I feel like you probably sing "God Save the King" and then put a few people in a wicker man. Do you know what I mean? Like it's got that sort of vibe. Midsummer always gives that vibe, doesn't it? Yep. Yep. Uh, Rob McCaffrey, race organiser, is known for his Union Jack shorts as well. Nice. Good for him. So standing, on, he says, standing on the side of a hill in running gear with a hundred strangers singing "God Save the King." It feels very weird. Mm, sounds very weird as well. <laughs> I wish wearing a Union Jack wasn't weird because it do, it does feel a bit. Because sometimes I see people in like Wales shorts or Wales vests, and I think, oh, they're quite cool. And I think of the equivalent for me. I'm like wearing an English flag top or wearing a Union flag. And it feels weird, and it's a shame that it feels weird. I feel like you can get away with wearing a Union flag more than you can get away with wearing a St George's cross. That is too. Yeah, that is true. That's too. You know, EDL. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's just a real shame, isn't it? Because not that I want to wear it and be particularly nationalist, because 
England's the best place in the world and all that shit. I just like, well, that's where I'm from and it's nice to be able to show that in some way. I don't know, but it's it's you, in Wales you can do it. And I imagine Scotland you probably can as well. I bet that's probably yeah. quite good. But yeah, England you just you just can't. That's sad. Instead, let's bring people together with tea. Yay! Ooh. Uh, we're partnered with Bird and Blend Tea, which means that we'll tell you what tea we're drinking. If you like the sound of it, you can go to runningisbs.com forward slash tea, click on some links and buy some tea if you want. Ooh. Amy, what are you drinking? I have today a blueberry pancake, which is very oh, nice. Yeah, it's a nice rhubos uh, tea. Sort of got, as usual, actual pieces of blueberry in it, which is always nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it tastes really good. The pancake. Has it got pieces to... of pancake. Has it got pieces well, of pancake floating it, around it, in there? It doesn't, but I must say okay. the pancake teas are always really nice. They definitely have a pancakey type taste, them, and they're always really good as cold brews. I haven't made a cold brew. Um, because I'm one of those people, so I make my cold brews with lemonade, and whenever I go to the shop, I'm like, oh, I must pick up a big bottle of lemonade, and I'm like, oh, no, it's too heavy, I can't carry it home, and I never can't do. Can't be asked to carry it. Yeah. Can't be asked to carry it, but at some point, I do cold brews, just buy the cheapest lemonade you can find, doesn't matter, put it in the fridge overnight with your tea, amazing. So I need to do that at some point, but the pancake teas always work really well as a cold brew, so that's my top tip. So, But it's nice warm as well, this is a really nice tea. How about you? Well, as I've moved to the top of the hill, I won't be walking to the shops anymore because fuck that. Uh, so I'll be driving so I can buy shitloads of food at the shops now. So that's really good. Mm. Uh, what I've got today is I just pulled something randomly out of the cupboard. Uh, when I Also, just another moving story. When I moved uh, packing stuff up, I counted how many teas I had. And I had 30, which I think is a good number. It is, yeah. That's a good solid. So I just pulled something at random out of the cupboard today. Bell's Breakfast, which is a rose flavour black tea. Uh, if you like pink and red or red Turkish delights, you'll like this. That's what it is. Lovely. And it's it, one and of my favourites. And it's got like a Boot and the Beast inspired name. So we're mm. always happy to endorse that. Oh, I love rose black teas. They're always Get yourself fantastic. some Bell's Breakfast. I know. I need Amy, to get some. go to runningsbeers.com forward slash tea. Click on the links and buy some tea if you want. It says, there right there. It says it right there. I will. I'll buy some Bell's Breakfast. Uh, speaking of buying stuff, people are buying merch. Whey. Yay! Mostly us, but other people yeah. too. Don't get me fucking started. I, I shouldn't. I shouldn't start on like this whole situation with the merch. With the merch store, should I? Oh. But uh, <laughs> not to discourage anyone. But if you want to buy a hat, a cap. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I think is it the trucky the cap? Snap the snapback. Just be prepared to have a whole fucking conversation with the people at Spreadshirt over this bloody hat. Stuart, Stuart's putting his hand in his hand. Whose side are you on? I'm always real. I'm always real on this podcast, and that's what people love about me. And I'm telling you straight up, Spreadshirt are a fucking nightmare sometimes. T-shirts, fine. You want to order a T-shirt? Something simple. Fair enough. With this bloody hat, I ordered this hat. This is the second hat I've tried to order through them. I thought, this would be fine. Stuart's got one of these hats. This should be no problem. And they always do this thing where they email me like, oh, we've got a query about your order. Can you email us? I'm like, okay, can you... So then I have to email back and say, okay, what's your question? Like, just tell me what it is in the original email. Like, why are we engaging in this? Like, And then they give me that a fucking life story about how something to do with the logo and there's some transparencies and they're not sure whether it will print okay on the cap and all that. I'm like, mate, it's literally... I think it was about three paragraphs worth of information. I just said, just have a go. Just have a go. It's okay. Just have a go of printing it and send it to me, please. And that, and they said, okay, we will do it. I'm like, why am I having this whole email interaction about this over and over and fucking again when I'm trying to order a hat? But do Amy, go this, and buy some merch. This isn't what I wrote in the notes for you. So you've gone, you've gone quite a long way off. 
if this makes it you're not the helping podcast, the situation if this makes it into the podcast just just know you appreciate that i am real about this and and also just just you know on the other side things i've ordered t-shirts before and hoodies and they're absolutely fine it's always these fucking hats. if you want a hat you gotta put in the extra work for it you It'll gotta send two it. emails all right it's fine amy just chill out mate mate your life isn't anyway, that complicated you can't handle this come on <laughs> Oh, sorry. Right, let me let me carry on reading the copy that Stuart's written. There's nothing about like bloody spreadshirt emailing me and asking for my life story. Um, so yeah, have a look at our website and click the links to our merch store and grab yourself a lovely cap, <laughs> a bucket hat. I don't know what the bucket hats are like. I don't know whether you'll be able to just order one of those or whether it will just you know solve a riddle at midnight in order to get one. <laughs> For those summer runs. Also, t-shirts, they're fine. Vests, also fine. Bags should be fine. All kinds of shit with our logo on. There we go. Who wouldn't want that? After that ringing endorsement. Thank you so much, Amy. (laughs) That retirement is coming soon from all that merch money we're going to (laughs) make. Those guests we've spoken to who have made whole lines of merch and basically live off that and that's their life now. It's never going to be us, is it? Not with fucking Spreadshirt, it's not. Like, they need to sort themselves out. They need to sort them the way they... It's not the quality of... The, let me just say as well, it's not the quality of the gear. The quality's great. I have some t-shirts. It's all fine. It's just it's just the whole email interaction you have to get into with them. Just let me know in the first fucking email what the issue is. Just tell me. Just tell me what the issue is. Not this secrecy like, oh, we have an inquiry. Will you please email us. It's like, just tell me. Just tell me. So, Amy, what have you been up to this week? <laughs> I've been speaking to Spreadshirt. I've been speaking to Spreadshirt. Um, also, I had I have I had another thing that's sort of holding me back from running. I feel like this whole Pegasus Slam in between them has just been a series of unfortunate events, but not for the reasons that you expect. It's not that I've incurred an injury while training or while doing the runs, which is what most people would think would happen. No, no. So first I had COVID. That sucked. This time round, this after you know about a week after I did the the Howam, I thought, oh, I'm gonna go back to the gym, um, get back on that. Went back to the gym, had a really good session, bit achy and stuff. Uh, two days later, I woke up and in my sleep, because I'm almost 33 and I think that's just what happens now. In my sleep, I had quite severely injured my back. Just just woke up with agonising pain and which like it's actually not gone away sort of two weeks later now two and a half weeks later uh but yeah but i wasn't able to run for about a week because it was so severe cool so yeah that's one thing i hate about getting older and you know what almost the minute i turned 30 i had a similar injury happen where i just woke up and i had an issue with my back and i had to like phone in sick to work because i couldn't leave leave the house or my bed so must be all the night terrors I know, I know. Well, there's the nightmare. So, around. so yeah, so that sort of put my training a bit on hold in between the ultras. I, yeah. I, I dread to think what's going to happen after the Vogum because it's never at the race. It's never some sort of injury at the race or whatever. It's always something in between that seems to to come along. So I and don't know. A back injury is such a ball ache as well, isn't it? Just because mm. like your back's so big and you need it all the time for everything. It's not as if you can just stop using your back. No, and it was a sort of, um, it wasn't, so I've trapped a nerve before in my back. It wasn't that, it was like I'd properly stiffened something up. But it was the sort, on the first couple of days, it was the sort of pain that radiated. So I didn't know where it was, but it was going all down my arms, all down my, like right down my back. It's sort of up up in my shoulder near my neck. But it was the sort of pain as well that when I did start running again, every step it was like jarring my back almost. I was like, fuck's sake, that sucks. So yeah, that, that wasn't 
much fun. Um, so I, ha- I have been doing a bit of training though. I've been going out and doing a bit of running, managing to get out there. Not much interesting has happened on my runs, but I have got some Finley running news. Oh, good. Everyone needs to hear that. Yeah, Finley, who, uh, for those who don't know, I don't often talk about Finley because he's the corgi. So he doesn't often come running with me. But, and I mean, he's kind of running news. He was running at the time. But we went to a, like, a dog show last weekend and they had, like, a have a go at agility thing. And they had 40 places, and they sold out of these places. It was like five quid, have a go at agility. And um, you had a little practice for five minutes, and then you went around the, like a very simple agility course. Um, and then they timed you, and the winner would be announced at the end. So Finley was the first one on. He did his thing, and it was very hot that day as well, so he, he, he was fine. He came, out of 40 dogs, Finley came third. Third wow. fastest. And you know the pressure of going first as well. I know, I know. But you know what I think it was? He's very like... And everyone... I was like sat... Frey was doing it. And I was like sat... And everyone was like, oh my God, look, he's so fast for such little legs. I'm like, yeah, he's a herding dog. He will be fast. Um, but even the dogs that were a lot faster and leaner or whatever than him, what Finley has is concentration. So he was doing... Mm. He was concentrating where a lot of other dogs were he's sort of running. He, yeah, exactly. The good boy status got him to third because a lot of the other dogs they were fast but they were all over the fucking shop they were like doing it in the wrong order they were having points did you know like time added on like five seconds every time they missed something it was like a shit show so finley third place because he's a good boy and he listened and he just no mistakes he didn't make any mistakes i like the way you shoehorn this into running news finley was running at the time and he came third and he got a little rosette so there we go and there's a great video of him doing the doggy dash as well a little <laughs> yeah. 20 meter sprint he's a great little sprinter isn't he he is but he like stopped towards the end so his time he only got i think it was 4.5 or 5.4 something like that 4.5 i think second so he he was nowhere near sort of uh like top three for that there's but... another dog show in a few weeks i'm very excited about it because i can we can actually go to that one so you're going to enter William to competitions? Of course, yeah. Yeah. We entered Finley into everything, but yeah. he only got third in agility. He didn't get best boy. Um, <laughs> I took him into most like owners of it because it was all in aid of Cardiff Dogs Home. So we just like paid for everything because it was like a good way to donate yeah. money. Um, so I entered last minute, I entered him into most like owner and I took him along. And I had this thing in my head that I thought, I'm going to say this, when when because it was this guy on a microphone, it was like a big field in, in Barry, a big park, and there was this guy on a microphone, like, you know, uh, on like a bandstand, presenting and judging and stuff. And you line up and you, as you walk around this bandstand, like he talks to you and things like that. And I had this thing in my head that when he asked me like what the similarities were, I was going to say it. <laughs> and I was a bit like, should I say it? Should I not? And I decided to say it once I got there. And he said, hello, what's his name? I was like, Finley. And he just looks, he goes, right. I said, I said, well, our similarities are, I said, we're both short. And he goes in the microphone, they're both short. And I went, and we both get all the bitches. And he just went. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, he's like, I can't say that. I can't say that. <laughs> were you disqualified? Were you escorted off the premises? I wasn't. I wasn't. They, they all laugh. There's a video where you can just see the moment I say it. And he like bursts out laughing. And the woman next to him, who's like writing everything down, just goes. <gasps> you just see her do a big cross. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we, we didn't win that one. So. No. <laughs> but it's all made a card wow. dogs home. So, yeah. Yeah. Nothing to do with running, sorry. Wow. <laughs> no, good story though. Yeah. <laughs> Amy Amy and the brass balls on Amy. 
yeah <laughs> anyway what have you been up to apart from well yeah moving house but i mean that's been the main thing but mm. that was you know what pretty easy can i say oh, it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be the most stressful yes. thing you do nah it's easy i don't want people complain about uh, no fuss <laughs> at all um so that's great i live in a new place now still kind of fairly near cardiff i'm in risker uh, which is fairly near cardiff just above newport lots of very nice trails nearby I'm really, really happy to be here. So it's still kind of fairly close by doing South Walesy things. Just need to drive into Cardiff every so often, which is kind of what I was doing anyway. Um, but yeah, really, really excited about that. Lots of new places to explore. Got a really good 20 mile run uh, planned for tomorrow to explore lots of more places that I haven't been to. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I also last night did a two mile race and a big shout out, not only to midweek evening racing, which is the best kind, but also non-standard distance racing. Uh, if you look on Run Bryn, this is only the second two-mile race this year. They just don't happen, which I think is a bit strange, you know what I mean? Like, I, I imagine there must have been hundreds of 5Ks outside Parkrun. Probably already hundreds of 5Ks have taken place across the country. Two two-mile races. So um, the way I describe that to people is if they don't know how to pace it, which no one really does. It's the pace you do at Parkrun where you accidentally go, oh shit, what have I done? Because you've just like stood a bit too far forward. And you've gone out with someone ahead of you who think, oh, perhaps I'll run with them. They've gone way too quick. And within a few hundred meters, you had to back off. That's the pace you do two miles at. And it was awful. Um, I did, so it's 3.2K. And for 2.8K, I stayed with um, the guy who beat me at the last mile race. Because I, I know he's a good pacer. I know we're fairly similar around this. And I stuck with him, but like absolutely on the ragged edge the whole way. And I knew he'd pull away. And eventually, 400 meters to go. 400 meters to go, he pulled, put 14 seconds on me. So I really massively faded there. But got a, a two-mile PB, which I've actually nice. done like four two-mile races. So that, that kind of counts. Um, so yeah, big two-mile PB, which I was pleased about. But yeah, two-mile race, hard. And more people should do more non-standard distances, please. That's why I want. I mean they're the two things that i hate like a midweek race sounds that would completely discombobulate me wouldn't like that uh, evening a sunny evening racing mm. in the park is amazing love those mm. nope uh and a two mile race sounds absolutely horrific and the opposite well, yeah. of what i'd want to any do. kind of race yeah any kind of race for you is bad i know any race where i've got to properly like actually run like two miles non-stop running now yeah and you don't get anything no. at the end as well not your God. style no, not at all. What's the point? Let's talk about more stupid races. And we've got a race report here from Lily Johnson at the God's Own Backyard Ultra. And if you remember, Lily got this place from us because we did a thing last year where we said, we're going to give you free race places. We're doing that again. We'll give you details after this. Um, she sent us in. She said she didn't want to do this Backyard Ultra. So we paid for her to do it. And so here she is. She says, hi, Stuart and Amy. I'm finally sitting down properly with my laptop to write up my race report. Sorry for the delay. I've been a bit whacked this week for predictable reasons. Firstly, massive thanks for giving me the opportunity to do this. I genuinely would not have done it without winning the competition because a backyard ultra seemed a fundamentally stupid idea, which I was right about, but stupid could also be fun and painful and exhausting, but worth it, right? So I found myself just 24 hours after my exams finished, packing up my stuff to head to the outskirts of Leeds to set up camp in preparation for the 8am start at the God's Own Backyard Ultra. Going into it, I had the main goal of running the furthest I ever had, and given my previous experience was a few marathons, a 50k would do nicely. But I also knew I wanted to push myself and not leave anything left to regret, so I hoped I could push it up to maybe 50 miles. Sure. And to avoid any false sense of jeopardy, I managed to exceed my own expectations and get to 14 and a half yards, which is 60 and a bit miles. Yeesh. Mm. But that absolutely does not mean it went to plan. 
After less than 10 miles, my left knee started hurting. Just a twinge, but definitely there. It got worse on starting and stopping, which isn't ideal with a format that necessitates a stop every hour. It got worse and worse until I was nearly crying in pain and thought that even getting to a marathon would be torture. Did I do the sensible thing and prioritise my long-term fitness? Of course not. I popped a couple of paracetamol and toughed it out for 50 miles. And yes, I'm paying for it now. It's been five days and I'm still hobbling and have placed my usual runs with Aqua Zumba. (laughs) That's the ultimate punishment, isn't it? Yeah, aqua zumba, Jesus. We always say it's not worth pushing through nasty injuries. But I think if we say it's not worth pushing through nasty injuries because you'll have to do aqua zumba afterwards, I think that'll put more people off. It's like purgatory, isn't it? Jesus. Wow. Running such a long way and for such a long time really teaches you things about yourself and others. I was out from 8am to 10.30pm. The winner completed 33 laps, so was going till 5pm the next day. I realised how much I love talking to myself and how much benefit I can get from sighing or gently grunting to express my discomfort as if externalising it can sort of pretend it's not real. Completely incidentally, someone I have met a few times volunteering at Junior Park Run was doing it as well and we ended up running most of it together, finding a nice pace and the exact points we like to run and where we like to walk. We became so much like clockwork and found out so much about each other, I think we're trauma bonded. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Actually, I think that's the case of everyone who was there that weekend. It's such a ridiculous experience and you've been through so much voluntarily that you can't help but end up just feeling really something shared with everyone else who was there. Right from the beginning when a man who looked like a wizard told me to call him Daz, I knew I'd be nothing but encouraged. That I mean, was, that's the traditional sign of a good who, race. Who was this man? Was it like an actual... Daz. Was it a runner? Was it a... Like, that, was, that was Daz the wizard. A volunteer? Just Daz the... No was, was Daz the wizard actually there? <laughs> I mean, from the yeah, like, from the beginning, probably. If we if it was towards the end, almost certainly not. Mm-hmm. Uh, she continued. There's still more of this. I also confirmed to myself that I'm good at eating, and this is actually a strength. As a woman in her twenties, this is incredibly refreshing. It was a really hot day, so being able to down a lot of drink and eat a lot of food each lap without feeling unwell was important. I think the most unusual things I ate were an entire big bag of Christmas pudding flavor crisps. I found in the back of the cupboard and some out-of-date knockoff Polish Oreos from our local discount shop. How does Christmas pudding flavour crisps work? That sounds minging. Kind of sweet, spicy. <sighs> yeah, I can see like the spiciness, but the sweetness would be very strange mm, in crisps. Yeah. I, I don't approve. Something else I realised as my energy and pain tolerance rapidly faded while attempting for the 15th lap is that the exhausted runner shuffle I'd seen for years watching the London Marathon on TV was something that I could do too. You know the one. Hunched shoulders, long floppy arms, rapid tiny steps, getting nowhere. Why did my arms go like that? Even in the moment, I was baffled by it. (laughs) Knowing that I wasn't going to be able to finish the lap and feeling very dead, I called it a day and headed into camp for microwave rice, hot chocolate and a sleeping bag. The one thing I would have changed about it was the lack of showers at the campsite, which was otherwise lovely. After a very long day running in the heat, though, no one wants to go to bed like that. No. The organisers were impeccable and took care of everyone so well. I can't imagine how tiring it must have been for them, but they were so supportive throughout the race and incredibly kind to me the next morning, making sure I was getting patched up by the medics. Predictably, I ended up with freakly deformed knees. Sadly, I don't have a gruesome picture and ankles. Luckily, it was just a bit of swelling, so they gave me heat packs and strapped me up. See the picture on our episode cover featuring very sporty teddy bear pajamas. <laughs> okay, I think I've rambled enough, but in summary, it was an amazing slash painful experience. I definitely had a mantra of knees are bullshit at one point, but hopefully soon I will stop walking like a pirate and be reconciled with them again. 
because I really, really want to do something like this again, even if it is idiotic. Thank you so much again, Lily. That sounds sufficiently bullshit. <laughs> Would you do a backyard ultra? Uh, well, how did you find a backyard ultra? Because I did that one, the loop one, the eight hour one in Bristol. It was a three mile loop. Is that a backyard ultra? Like, no, it, it has to be specific. It's 4.167 miles and it's you start every oh. hour. Oh, so that is like the rules for a backyard ultra. Yeah, I yeah. thought it was just loops. Okay. Um, I don't know. Probably not. Like, I don't know. Can that, you run that four just... miles an hour? Haha, <laughs> I can. I can walk five, four miles an hour. But the thing is, <laughs> okay, okay. like, that reminds me of like the having to start the loop at a certain time. It reminds me of like some sort of bleep test type scenario just it's on a larger really, yeah, scale. Yeah, it's a really long beep test. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That bit puts me off a bit. I, I love doing races that are loops. I think they're really good fun, good idea. But like having to start at a certain time, like on the hour, every hour, I wouldn't like that bit. I don't know. I, I still want to try and maybe do one. I'm still maybe look at the end of the year or next year. I keep finding really good, fun, interesting races to do. And I'm about to send them to you. And I'm like, oh, I can't because she's got this fucking, all these ultras this year. So she's yeah. good for nothing for the rest of the year. Although we're coming, we're coming to like, the second half of 2023 so stuff for next year will be coming up soon. that's true yeah we so can start thinking about those get the race diary sorted for next year definitely mm-hmm. and if you want to get your race diary sorted for next year or even this end of this year don't forget I mean, ideally we're giving... this year really yeah ideally this year <laughs> i'm doing the segue it's the segue uh don't you actually, forget so you're actually reading the copy this time that's nice i am i am don't forget we're giving away more race places if you have been inadvertently inspired by lily then any fucking hell <gasps> if you have been inadvertently inspired by lily then email us at runningisball at gmail.com and tell us about a race that you don't want to do and we'll pay for it if it isn't mentally expensive of course in return for a race report so yeah as long as you're happy to write his little report then we will or a long report the longer the better to fill time up on our episodes and we'll pay for your race yeah we definitely need some more nominations here like we're trying to give you stuff we're trying to give yeah. you a race for free come on help us out help us help you help us help I, you. I think i think we've demotivated everyone to the point where they're not running they're not running races oh, yeah that's true so, can't I even give shit away now go on we've shot ourselves in the foot there but yeah Oh, well, never mind. Uh, you can support this podcast. You can go to patreon.com forward slash running is bullshit and donate money every month. New to the list this month is Cat Abigail Hardman, Graham Hackland, and Nikki Jones, who tweeted to say, pleased to be able to support you on Patreon, having now got a proper job. Plus, the street song is just sublime. I really need to try this chocolate digestive tea as well. We like you for all three of those things. I did not get enough praise for the street song, which was fucking brilliant. Uh, I just want to add that. Um, if anyone wants to just respond uh, on any of our social media with a bit more praise for that, I, I do need that, please. Put a lot of effort in. Uh, and yes, you do need to try chocolate digestive tea, Nikki. Um, here is everyone else who gave us money this month. Trish Alton, Brian Simpson, Ian Thompson, AP. Victoria Dick, Elliot Lyon, Rachel Bentley, Jason Spinks, Sam Wally, Ian Hales. Elizabeth Shaban, Derry Kirk, Shepherd, Debbie Hurley, Jake Cassie, Jones, Charlie Neverson, Martin Kaplan, 
Claire Davis, Sherry Grubbs, Karen Hamilton, Anthony Howe, Clark Gilmore, Tony Howells, Nikki Jones, Nikki Gender, Stuart Stevens, Adam Mackinson, Renan Quinn, Gabby Tom, The Snare, Luke Daniels, Sandra Heinzer, James Lampert, Jewel Running, Samantha Benson, Aaron Shaw, Madly Slim, Martin Bridgestone, Angela Foster Swales, Matt Jesiorski, H. Dawn Shepherd, Jenny Tambasevi, Matt H. Gordy, Farewell, Francis Howell, Matt Catherine. Bernadette McCarthy, Sophie Jakes, Martin Jowsey, Victoria Agnes, Graham Hackland, Jay Howes, Maria Wicks, Greg Chrissy, Amanda Murray Hine, Kat Abigail Hardman, Ivor Hewitt, McGana, Penny Simpson, Andy Nichols, Ruth KP, Lee Wood, Matt Burrows, Paul Hibbert, Kale Ryder, Sophie Nichols, Shambolic, Adol Kale Seal, Tom Viola Graff, Karen Blay, Lisa Gibbon, Matt Jones, Vicky Robbins, Carl Fleming, Jonathan Carter, Matt Newbreed, Catherine Fenton, Steve Robson, Julia Page, Rachel Bullmore, David Irwin, Andy Robbins, Liz Reese, Norms Dawson, that's all. And I just want to throw this out there. 89 names. I did that in one take. I mean, yeah, impressive. there's a couple of little, there's a couple of little fluffs in there, but you know, it's fine. Usually I go back and re-record. I just did the whole thing straight through one take. That's how good at this show I am now. I mean, I tried to do that, but then I really fuck up. And then, and then it I record it again a few times. And then I'm fucking up even more. And I'm like, you know what? The first take would have been better, but I've already fucking deleted it now. So it's And then like... you do a different song. Yeah, and I do it. I get really sick. At, oh, the worst one was Barbie Girl. You are never hearing Barbie Girl because, oh, I nearly threw my laptop out the window with that one. Anyway. I'm going to try it next time. You you do you, you know what? I don't, you do Barbie Girl. Like, you do crack on with Barbie Girl because me and Barbie Girl are done. Cool. Anyway. Onto your messages. Don't forget to get in touch with your running bullshit on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Running is BS and let us know why you particularly hate running this week. Uh, Gabby Nea has been tweeting us throughout the week, as is her you know, usual method. Um, she <laughs> says, I'm sorry about this, but I have more moaning to do. First, I had an absolute monster of a Lurgy and could not run. That's BS enough. Now I still have the monster Lurgy and toothache. I have a hundred mile to train for and I'm not getting off the sofa. BS with bells on. Oh, toothache's the absolute worst as well. Yeah. She went on a few days later. Here's another update on how my running is going in preparation for my 100 miler. I mean, no one asked, but, you know, thanks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It's not. It is still BS. Logie and toothache mean my training plan has shifted to the winging it method and hoping for the best. So much potential content. Yes. Mm. Another couple of days later. I am outraged, so must tweet mid-run, dragging toothache self along canal towpath towards home. Bike dings behind. Move to left. Woman screams, get the fuck out of my way. <laughs> Turns out she does not like water, so hogs the left edge. Bell end. Oh my god. I went, like, you move to the left. That's the side you go on. If you're overtaking, you overtake on the right. 
Yeah. But even God. so, like, no matter what side you move, it doesn't warrant that. Just see what side they move to and go round them. Jesus. Yeah. And running with toothache. I think she said she's been, like, oh. popping paracetamol on her and running with... That's the worst. Oh, you just go God, to I the dentist. Yeah. yeah. I can't go, imagine what? running with toothache. Have you got a dentist appointment organised? Because don't just suffer. Yeah, please do that. Yeah, get it sorted. Sort it out. Rachel Bullmore has been in touch and said, I am listening to this whilst at work and while your sales tactics worked as I've just found myself placing an order on the merch site. Good luck. Wow, it's Not a good job a- she didn't listen to this episode <laughs> first. God. Too late. Not a mug though, as I have way too many already. Rip Stu's mug. I was drinking. I got a replacement, of- by the way. Very happy oh, with did it. Did you fab? Was it all? Did, did they just fucking send it to you rather than ask you twenty questions? Um, there was an email involved, yeah. But it was, was there an email? <laughs> see, I don't. See, I don't complain about it because it's not a problem. I'd have said, yeah, it's fine. Oh god. Anyway, I was drinking Butterbrew just as you mentioned your tea choices. Spooky timing. I do Butterbrew is like one of my favourites at the moment. Spooky. But yeah, it's one of my absolute faves. Uh, here's my BS for running. I'm very long sighted, so need my glasses when I go running. I managed to lose the left lens of my running slash cycling glasses and cannot find it anywhere. As I've been naughty and not had my eyes tested in six years, Jesus, mm, very naughty, I had to go and see an optician and get a new prescription and normal glasses. All so I could go and order some new running slash cycling glasses so I can see whilst running. So expensive. Do you have uh, specific running sunglasses? I did, but the lenses got all scratched up and I haven't ordered new ones. So now I just squint. Also, I always feel like I look like a knobhead because I wear a cap and the purpose of the cap is to keep my hair off my face and it protects my neck as well. But I wear my hat backwards to keep my hair off my face. But then I feel like a knobhead wearing my hat backwards and sunglasses because people are like, oh, well, aren't hats for keeping the sun out of your eyes and things like that. So, yeah, I feel a bit self-conscious about it too. Uh, the reason I asked is just because I want to just want to see if you're going to be tempted to get into the uh, the new big running fad at the moment, which is the Sun God Ultras. Have you, you've probably seen it. If you've been on Instagram, if you follow anyone that runs on Instagram and gets paid for it, they've got these absolutely massive glasses that cover half their forehead and most of their cheeks as well. They are absolutely huge. And I'm certain that in a few years' time, people are going to be like, oh, do you remember when everyone was wearing those massive sunglasses to go running? It's definitely yeah. going to be one of those things that people look back on and go, what was that? Yeah. I mean, firstly, those sunglasses are ridiculously expensive. Well, yeah. I know. I'm, the thing is, like anything like that, I can't be asked taking proper care of it. So they will just get chucked in a bag or whatever or sat on. So I tend to buy cheap. I tend to buy like um, like the gooder, if that you pronounce it, good and then R at the end, running sunglasses yeah. because they're, yeah, they're relatively yeah, those, cheap. They're lovely. Yeah, they're relatively cheap. So if I do break them or whatever by mistake, which is very likely, or like I said, the lenses get all scratched up, I can replace them. Uh, and they just they just do the job. And these are very ex- these ones, the big ones, are very expensive. And uh, you know when you can just tell something's like a fad, and like you say, you're just gonna look back at it and be like, oh my god, that's so 2023. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely offending a, a small percentage of our audience here. That I'm I'm sure I've got these, but I just like they are very Instagram, aren't they? Yeah, they're very big. They're just like big, aren't they? I, can, I, can, yeah. I don't know. I just, it'd feel weird. Like I'm wearing like the top half of like a motorcycle helmet. The very click the link in my uh, bio for a discount. <laughs> yep, yep. It's definitely that kind of thing. So sorry to all the people that have those. <laughs> but you look like a knob. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. 
I'm joking. <laughs> just, just let's get cut straight through it and just so yep. so you mean like Amy's yep. real. That's why that's why people <laughs> like Amy. Real. Just real. Amy's real. <laughs> Amy's excuse for being a dick. Yeah, it always is when people say, I "Just tell it how it is." It's like, no, you're just a rude dickhead. That's <laughs> yeah, what that's what that means. Yeah. yeah. Last message today from Simon Marston says this wasn't at the start of a race, but the North Stowe Half Marathon last month. About halfway around, there was Disco Corner, no. complete with upbeat disco tunes and a pair of disco dancers dressed in complete 70s garb, encouraging racers to keep going. Unexpected and a real mood lifter. More Disco Corners at Half Marathons, please. That sounds more, terrific. More or less. And I don't mind a bit of disco in the, in a, on a race. That's fine. People dressed up and dancing... That would that would upset me. Yeah, I don't mind the crisps, no disco crisps. Abs- absolutely. Oh, That's, and in a race yeah. as well, perfect. Super yeah. like sharp and tangy. Yeah, disco corner though. No, no. I remember um, Reykjavik marathon and half marathon. They had various sort of places where bands would play, and there was one, there was one band, and they were just playing like ballads and stuff. And I'm like, what is this? Like yeah, it was, I've, it was like I a really weird, well. like rock, like like there was, there was like a female singer, and it was like a rock band, and this like wailing ballad. I'm like, this is not music to run to. <laughs> yeah, I did the Liverpool Rock and Roll Half Marathon in 2016 or something, and yeah, like quite a few of the bands there were playing like fairly slow ballads, and I get for them perhaps they need to mix it up a bit because they can't go full throttle mm. the whole time, but like no one wants to hear that. No, but just have, think, yeah, just have a stage and have like multiple different bands come on and off yeah. to keep up the energy, you know? Like I think when when you hear just buskers as well sometimes in town, like they're doing a ballad, like no one is going to stand and watch you no. singing a ballad. I mean, it might be lovely, you might be doing a great job with it, but no one's going to stand around and watch. No one wants to hear that. People want to be lifted up a bit. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And also the thing about it, like a lot of time you get bands at races and things, it seems like a nice idea and you approach them and you get past them and as soon as you've gone past them, you can't hear it anymore. It's like, it's nice for like 30 seconds. Yeah. But you don't, it's kind of unfortunate that you really don't get to experience it for very long at all. No, So exactly. there needs to be shitloads of them to make it kind of worthwhile. Yeah. I, I feel like for me now, having not run a city race of any length in a long time and just been doing ultras and trail running, like I'd find the whole thing like a sensory overload. <laughs> my God, there it, are people nearby and I can know, hear things. It's just, yeah, because like when I'm out doing my ultras and stuff, most of the time I'm not even listening to podcasts. I'm listening to nature, man. I'm listening to like the birds and shit, you know? But like, oh my God, if, if I was at one of those Cardiff half with like the fucking drummers and stuff, no, no, no. Stress me out. It's just too much sensory overload for sure. When I did that Liverpool Rock and Roll half, um, at one point it went like a little bit up Penny Lane and then back again just to say they could. But they had Penny Lane playing on a loop. Oh and I imagine they must have had to swap those marshals out every half an hour because they would just start stabbing people. I th- yeah, I think that's against the Geneva Convention. Lovely song. You know. Don't want to hear it on loop. No. <laughs> no, I think there are like international rules, like laws against that. Speaking of more music or races, it's slightly different because this is a swimming race. Um, but Holly went to do a swimming race today in Swansea, and like from the walk, there's a little bit of walk for the swimmers to get down to the start line, and they all kind of kept, made them come down together. It was quite nice. But in front of them, they had a samba band, and everyone like walking <laughs> along behind them. They're like, that's a strange bit of atmosphere. I mean, it's quite nice, but I'm like, that's a, random. a little strange. Yeah, a little <laughs> random. Like, right, everyone, join the samba band, head to the start line. I'm like, it's kind of weird. So random. <laughs> While we're talking of swimming as well, shout out to Holly who did another swimming race a couple of weeks ago in Clenetley. Accidentally won it. Oh. Had no idea. Because there was there was four waves. There was people doing one, two, three, and four laps, seven hundred and fifty meter laps. She was doing three laps. 
Um, and so they're like, they're all in there at once, different colored hat on. So I managed to kind of spot her most of the way around, which is really difficult, but I didn't see where anyone else was. And she got out of the water, finished, oh, well done. And, you know, got changed, went and had an ice cream, went home. Wasn't even a conversation like, should we stay for the prizes or anything like that to see anyone else? Didn't even occur to us. Next day, looked at the results. She goes, oh, I won. <laughs> no idea whatsoever. So apparently she's a good swimmer now. Who knew? Yeah. yeah. Apparently doing loads of training or something makes you good at it. Oh, I'm, st- I'm well, still waiting for confirmation. Yeah. Yeah. I don't buy into all that. Yeah. Could have been anything. Yeah, exactly. It's the bullshit running news. That's all you're getting today. Oh, right. Okay. Should we just try and get through this one? Because I don't want to. This is one of these things that genuinely has been going around in my head. <laughs> like I happened to wake up at like 6am the other day and I was just thinking about this because it's a fucking stupid thing to do. <sighs> okay. So it's a horrible story. It's We're just trying to give it a little bit of time. I don't massively want to talk about it. So we'll try and be brief. And absolutely not in any way neutral. Uh, In short, some people who despise the existence of trans women have noticed that one runner ran a women's course record in 2012 and is demanding Park Run removes the result. Now, the runner in question was convicted of a violent assault in 2017 and is serving time in prison. Um, So straight away, Park Run literally has events in prisons and would need to delete the record of potentially thousands of runners with criminal records if that's what they were complaining about. Now, I remember this. It was a particularly nasty story. It's horrible from all angles for all people involved. Um, And that kind of really muddies this kind of thing. So they're saying that it's because they're a violent person. And it's not. That's not why they're actually objecting. Because again, (laughs) thousands of people have criminal records. And if you go through the system and you've served your time, you're back at the other side. You can go to Parkrun, it's fine. Yeah. Um, So let's not be fooled into thinking that's what this kind of hate campaign is actually about. Basically, Parkrun has a system of self-ID when it comes to gender and age for that matter. And it, it is incredibly unlikely, verging on impossible, that they will change that. Because what alternative could possibly exist? There are 8 million registered users. Parkrun are not going to look at photocopies of passports for 8 million people. And it's just Parkrun. Yeah, that is is what all this is. So, like, the system is potentially open for abuse because you could change your gender or name or whatever on Parkrun and run a record. But, like... Mm. Again, that's not what the complaint is. They're not saying it's potentially open to abuse. Lots of things are open to abuse. Driving a car is open to abuse. Mm. You know, it's, that again, not what they're complaining about. So all we have to do is leave it at, like you said, it's park run. They do hold records on fastest runners and fastest runners in age categories. So each five years, there is a record for each of those at each event, which means there are like 30,000 records, at least, just in the UK. Okay. And it's not a race. It's not elite sport. And if someone you don't like runs faster than you in a way that is within the rules, it doesn't matter. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> like, there are plenty of people. Like, the problem is now, there are people skimming through results looking for trans and non binary people so they can call them out, misgender, and abuse them. I've seen the threads like this on Twitter and it is fucking shameful. I hate it. Yeah. It's just, it's absolutely ridiculous i'm so so tired of hearing stories about trans women racing just going into races or parkrun like it's such a non-issue and a non-story and these are people that aren't even winning they're not even coming 
first a lot of the time like yeah you know. like elite level sport i can see it is complicated a yeah. park run it's not no no and, and the thing is all this like like of course the daily mail news after you know the headline and stuff is like oh it's violent criminal it's like yeah trans people commit crimes too like it's not because they're fucking trans cis people commit crimes men commit crimes women commit crimes there's no correlation between this woman committing a crime and being trans no correlation whatsoever as far as i know there's much more correlation with men committing violent crimes yeah yeah but it's just like it's 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 like it just makes a good headline that sells newspapers or gets clicks. Yeah. More than well, again, now. as we always, as you know, lots of things say, trans people are more at risk of being victims of violent crimes and sexual yep. assaults, and yep. always have been. Yeah, much, much more than being the perpetrators. Oh, okay. Let's just, just, just move on to the next. Part. Oh, we're I mean, not moving. Thing. We're not moving know, on yet. We're not. I just want to push on. it on. Yeah, because certain newspapers, <coughs> Daily Mail, really seem obsessed with trans women doing parkrun at the moment i bet half the people at the daily mail don't even know what fucking parkrun is well they don't by the sounds of it because the whole point of parkrun is it's meant to be like a community thing it's meant to be quite chill it's not meant to be this really intense crazy thing so the daily mail was reporting about this this woman who came first in a weekly park run in Porth call and she had a time of like 18 minutes 53 seconds um and she placed fifth overall, pretty much a non-story, really. Uh, but the Daily Mail are obsessed with this because she's trans and they claimed that she smashed to smithereens a previous woman's record and suggested her win was part of a row over self-ID in local events. And in actual- actuality, the women's parkrun record she smashed to smithereens actually relates to the female 45 to 40 age 45 to 49 age category and it failed to mention her time of 18 minutes 53 seconds is more than two minutes slower than the fastest lady at Paul of Call, which was 16 minutes 40 seconds it's such a non-story they found one person who broke the 45 to 49 age category which most people at parkrun don't know exists and if they do they don't know what the record is it's very small at, as well like there's yeah. very small age range <laughs> like at porth called parkrun like th- this is the center of the, the new culture war apparently is porth called parkrun lovely parkrun but not a big deal yeah, it, it's such a non-story and they're obsessed it's like oh it's self-id and blah, blah, blah. like who cares like who cares there's a different discussion that's happening in terms of uh, elite level around um categorization and competing and also the thing is at elite level there are a lot of checks and stuff that goes on in terms of people's hormone levels and stuff more generally because people who are cis can have higher levels of certain hormones or can be injecting themselves with hormones to you know enhance their performance so there's already checks going on at elite level and it gets a bit complicated then and it's sort of so that that's one thing and i think that's something that needs to go on among sports bodies and 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 uh, people in the trans community and all that there needs to be a discussion about how how this is addressed at an, at an elite level so it, it works out but at this a park run it doesn't matter yeah, it yeah doesn't i would say like matter. if you're kind of involved in your local park run or clubs or running groups please try and do something just to reach out to trans and kind of other kind of marginalized people just to say that you're there for them you will support them against these kind of things you know perhaps get in touch with your local front runners group or if there's another kind of lgbt running group 
they may you know ask for some advice if there's some kind of i know there was uh, lgbt sport wales if there's some other other equivalent kind of organization you can ask for even like you know your perhaps your national body ask for some advice and reach out to people and just let them know you know you don't need to be as abusive as we are right now but please please don't be um but (laughs) just let them know that you're there for them and you will support them and if they come and run with you it's absolutely fine and they will be supported all the way that's kind of really important to try and react to this with some positivity yeah yeah definitely yeah yeah yeah, because it, it's just it's just ridiculous. I'm getting so tired of it, and you know that this is going to be going up and up on the political agenda, and I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about it. It doesn't think, matter. We're, we're sick and tired of it, and it affects us in no way whatsoever. Exactly. Imagine living this. Exactly. Exactly. The thing is, as well, if if you're trans, like you have a whole host of issues in terms of uh, gaining access to the healthcare stuff you need with long waiting lists and stuff. You're probably facing some sort of marginalization or stigma in other areas of your life. Can you imagine just going to fucking park run on a Saturday morning, just going for a run and then having all this shit? It's like, come on, get like, a yeah, grip. Like, like nothing has happened in our life. You're just going along doing your life and the Daily Mail puts you on in the paper. And like starts and doorstepping yeah. you. Yeah, and starts doorstepping yeah. you about something that you've done that was utterly innocuous. Yeah. What exactly. a strange situation. Yeah, ridiculous. Anyway. <sighs> let's move on to a funny injury story. Yeah, let's lighten This the is mood. much more our speed. <laughs> so a runner has been left with painful claw marks on his head after being attacked by a buzzard. <laughs> yeah. See, that's funny. That's great. That's more like it. So Ewan Cameron was out for his run in Freakheim, Angus. I'm probably butchering that. Freakheim. Uh, when the bird of prey swooped on him. And he said, the talons are very sharp and they just sunk into the back of my head effectively. Ooh. The image of that, gosh. I've got a collection of about six holes in my head as a consequence of the attack. <laughs> the, collection, the way he's phrased that is great. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Cameron also said the bird is notorious, having swooped him, uh, having swooped in on him twice previously. He said the first time it happened to me, I actually thought that a truck wing mirror had hit the back of my head on the way past. Wow, yeah. that was the the good thing about this article as well. Just the headline was "Buzzard Attack Leaves Runner with Six Holes in Head," and it's just the addition of six makes it funny. Like, leaves runner with holes in head is one thing, but six holes in head, for some reason, is much funnier. <laughs> it is, yeah. I'm not sure why. Um, we had a few uh, tweets about this when we put it up on our socials. Uh, Mac at MC1985FTW said, I had a close encounter with some sort of small hawk at the weekend whilst running along a narrow trail and startling it. It took off and flew away less than a foot away from my head and face and I nearly shit myself. Oh my god. They can be like, like even a pigeon when it starts flying can be pretty loud. Oh, I, if you I, yeah. if you jump at that, you look like such a penis. <laughs> I, I have been swooped by uh, seagulls before, though. They can get like yeah. proper aggy, and I'm assuming this is similar yeah, to yeah. the hawk. Like if you're near their babies, they will swoop. And I don't know about other birds, but seagulls will shit on you as they swoop as like a defense mechanism. So. Would you rather get shit on or having your skull punctured? Uh, I realise as I said that that's shit, a silly question. Yeah, shit on would be. Much I probably would choose the choose the shit yeah yeah um mark atkinson uh, run like duck at monty the mole also replied to said had a very protective one nesting in woods near milton Keynes last year i laughed off the warnings and then regretted it as i was chased out by a feathery ball of fury and noise would rather face an angry cow because at least you can see the, the feck is coming i'm not sure about that 
I don't know, but it's just it's just that silent attack. Like the guy said, he's just running along and then bang. Like yeah. his first thing was, I've been hit by a truck. It's yeah. actually a bird. <laughs> I did see something on a local Facebook page and I read it and I thought it said, I've just been down a lane and been attacked by cows. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. And it was crows. Like there, there was a lane and there's like crows were attacking people. But because I didn't expect it to be crows, I just read it as cows. I'm like, I didn't even know crows attacked people. But yeah, I guess it's nesting also season. Nasty. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, what have you got coming up next? It's a very busy one. They've probably slight delayed the podcast again, probably another week, because there's so much going on. Uh, first of all, I've got a race next week called the Rack Raid, a 13-stage day race, which is going to take the entire day of driving around. Um, I'm then going to Wank, nice. which is a place in Germany. And then after that, maybe a five and or a three-mile race, just because I've got so many races coming up. And we might do a long run together at some point as well, if we can organize that. So maybe. lots going on. So I'll be on holiday the next time we should do a podcast, so it'll probably be a week later. Anything for you? The Vogum. Or the Vogum. Trying to sort out that sleeping back injury. Yeah. It, it, I mean, the back is fine. The back will... The, well, I say the back will be fine. Every time I do an ultra, my back hurts. Like, it's not my feet so much anymore. It's always my back. Yeah. So I feel like that is going to be a whole situation. But I'll just pop a few paracetamol, you know. It'll be fine. Lovely. Yeah. Got to start so, using them poles. I know. And you know what? Because of it was a combination of COVID and the back stuff, I haven't actually managed to practice with the poles yet. But between the Vogum and my next race, I will. So, but the Vogum's fairly like fairly flat a lot of the time, so I should be Gucci for that. And I've, this is a race I've done loads of times before. Well, loads of times I've done it twice before. Um, so I feel quite confident, and it'd be nice to not have to worry about navigation and stuff as well. So yeah, looking forward to it. Cool. Loads and loads in the next episode. So yeah. if you enjoy this bullshit, you can visit runningsbest.com, see the show notes and the links from this episode and the whole back catalogue, as well as links to our Patreon, merch store, I'm sorry about that, and our social medias. Bye. Bye. And we both get all the bitches. <laughs>